It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 21. Uh, Just a short excerpt of scripture. When you have it, say amen. Amen. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. And then if you'd skip ahead in your Bible to the book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Amen. You probably guessed where we're going this morning. Amen. How many has memorized Galatians 5 and 22? Amen. We read it over and over and over again. Amen. Why don't we read it together? Amen. As, as a one voice. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Amen. And we are talking about this morning that word uh, that begins with the letter F and ends with the letter H. Amen. A little bit of hangman here this morning. Faith. Amen. And God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. We're just going to move forward in the scriptures this morning uh, and talk about that word faith uh, and give us a little bit more understanding of how it fits into the context of Galatians chapter 5 and 22 through 23. Uh, Faith is, uh, with the inclusion of faith in the apostles and the apostle Paul's discourse on the fruit of the Spirit, he was not speaking of merely believing. Uh, That word faith is used in many different uh, parts of the scripture of the Bible. Uh, We can associate the, the word faith in different ways, we can associate faith that my faith in God. We can associate faith, uh, someone that has great faith and believes God for great miracles and things are performed uh, out of the ordinary. And then we can use the word faith and attach to it faithful. Uh, and it takes on a little bit different meaning. It talks about consistency and persistency. Uh, but with the inclusion of faith in this passage of Scripture, Paul Uh, was not speaking of the mere believing because Galatians is written to the church in Galatia. It's written to a church, amen, that has already established a faith in God. They've already established uh, uh, their faith in the Lord and and, and believing God for for things. Uh, And so they already had a foundation of faith. Uh, Some may mistakenly suppose that because they have faith, then they are automatically faithful. And we like to make the distinction here this morning. Uh, Paul was seeking to instruct the church that manifesting the fruit of the Spirit requires not just faith, but also faithfulness. Can you say that with me today? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Each aspect of the fruit of the Spirit builds upon the previous, as we've said over and over again. And at this point in his writing, it is important to realize that all of the preceding aspects have very little value if there is no faithfulness in manifesting those fruits or those aspects of the fruit. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And we think of all of these different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, but how valuable would it be if there's only one time in your life that you manifested love or you manifested goodness or you manifested meekness? And so as we continue to build upon an understanding of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, and then we come across the word faith, attached to that word faith and, under, uh, and implicated in that word is faithfulness. Because in exemplifying the fruit of the Spirit, it cannot be a one and done deal. It cannot be, well, I went to church on one particular evening or morning and I got love, I got joy, I got all of these things. But I never continued to manifest it in my life. 
And so the Apostle Paul inserts in this, the fruit of the Spirit is not just love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, but it's also faith. It's also, there, there's got to be a consistency in manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. After all, what benefit is a tree that bears fruit inconsistently? You could not be a, a successful farmer or as the Bible calls husbandmen, if the fruit in your orchard bear, bear, bore, bore forth fruit sporadically, you could not have a, a successful venture if it was sporadically. Your boss would fire you if it was only sporadically where you performed and only sporadically where you showed up to work. But if you were faithful, if you were consistent, uh, there's something that can be said about someone that is faithful to the yeah. things of God. And a faithfulness, amen, is the thing that will help you to continue to exemplify the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Jesus cursed the fig tree in Matthew chapter 21. I want everyone to hear this this morning. We think of Jesus as this, sometimes the world thinks of him, I'll put it like this, as just a good teacher. You may think of him just as a loving God that, that uh, just blessed people all the time. But there was a time in the scriptures where the Lord uh, came across a fig tree in the ground that did not bear forth fruit. And what did he do when he saw a tree that didn't bear forth fruit? The Bible says he cursed it. He killed that tree with the power of his words. He cursed that tree and it died and withered. Jesus does not tolerate fruitlessness. He does not tolerate inconsistency. That fig tree that he cursed may have had a season of its life where it bore fruit. And it, it had the fruit on its branches. But this particular season, God said, why did you stop producing fruit? I'm going to curse this fig tree to the ground because if it ceases to bear forth fruit, amen, then it has not fulfilled and is not fulfilling its purpose. Every single one of us has a purpose, amen, in the kingdom of God. And you have got to find out what is my purpose in the kingdom of God. Am I just coming to church and showing up? Or is there an area that I fulfill my purpose in the kingdom of God? Because I've got to be a fruitful Christian. And I've got to be faithful in producing fruit. God expects faithfulness from those things which are to bear fruit. The word faith that's found in Galatians chapter 5 and 22 uh, comes from the Greek word pistis, which means persuasion, a moral conviction of the truthfulness of God, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation and constancy in such profession. It is not just at one time I accept the Lord as my personal Savior, however you uh, have heard it in your life, but it is a constancy in such profession. From what the various commentator writers, uh, commentary writers ascertained, Paul was referring to this constancy in our profession of faith. A consistency, a, a faithfulness that you and I have got to have in living for God. In other words, faith in the fruit of the Spirit is a consistent manifesting of the faith that brought you to God in salvation. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be consistent. Specifically then, we see that Paul is speaking of an individual's faithfulness in every area of the spiritual life. Because if he began the scripture, Galatians 5 and 22, saying the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and then faith. He's talking about every aspect of a person's spiritual life in, in their relationship towards God and their... Uh, in their relationship with others, in, in their relationship that God has with them, the, the blessings of God and the faithfulness of God, we will we'll talk about for a moment. 
Because we cannot begin to talk about what it means to be faithful until we first paint a picture and we can first understand what faithfulness looks like. And so looking at the faithfulness of God will help us understand faithfulness and we should first of all look at His faithfulness. There are many attributes that describe the character and nature of God. Love, peace, omniscience, omnipresent, omnipotent, merciful. Throw some words at me. How would you describe God? Loving. Forgiving. Anything else? Long-suffering. But let me ask you this question. Is he only that way once in a while? Is he only forgiving once in a while or on his good days or and not on his bad days? As great as all of these are, they rest upon the fact that God is faithful. Yes. Faithful in exemplifying his characteristics and his nature towards us. There has never been a time in my life where I have come before the presence of God and thought, well, God is not going to love me today because of my sin that I just committed. But I always knew, maybe it was just my upbringing or my, the teachings of the word that had been put in my heart. But I, I always believed that when I, I bent my knee before the Lord and I called upon his name, I always knew that God would hear me, that God would listen to my voice, that God was ready to respond, that God was ready to receive me back to him. I knew that God was faithful. For God to be God, he must be faithful. Which one of us would serve a God that was sometimes faithful? Which one of us would serve a God that would sometimes answer prayers? Which one of us would serve a God that would only heal when the mood struck him? Which one of us would serve a God that would only save once he felt good enough to do so? Or how about a God that was your provider, but only on Wednesdays? You would reach a point where like, I don't know if this is really God. Because he's not always exemplifying on a consistent basis. And so we preach behind the pulpit and we, we teach it and we believe it and we live it. That God is faithful. And we're to be like him. We're to be like him. We're to strive to be like him. So we're to strive to be consistent. We're to strive to be faithful. In the good times and in the bad times. There's times. That you and I wake up on Sunday mornings. Or get home on Wednesday evenings. And we don't feel like getting ready and going to church. But God was faithful to us. He was faithful to me. And when I didn't deserve it, he loved me. And so I have that understanding. I put on that cloak of faithfulness. And I say, God, I'm going to be faithful in what I know to do. There was a time in my life when I uh, was struggling. I was weak in my faith. And I, and I was pretty much backslid in my spirit. But because there was uh, a mother and a father uh, that served as my pastors that put in me and instilled into me being faithful in the house of God. I got up and I showed up to church when I didn't feel like it. And Brittany, when I showed up when I didn't feel like it was when God just came into my life and strengthened me and turned my life around and, and reversed course on that ship that was heading down the wrong path. There, you can't say enough about just being faithful. There's times each one of us will go through. Each one of us will have days in our lives that we're not going to feel like praying. We're not going to feel like being faithful to church. But we show up and we're faithful. And because we're faithful, God reveals himself to us again and again. God, yes. Scripture declares the faithfulness and the constancy of our God. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 6, he says, For I am the Lord, I change not. If we're to talk to the younger generation, he's not a transformer. He's not one way when you look at him from one direction and as something different. He's not this chameleon. He says, for I am the Lord and I change not. 
Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forevermore. In other words, the God that your parents served and talked about uh, is the same God you can know today. It will be the same God your children and grandchildren will know in the future. Amen. He does not change. Amen. He is not, uh, he is not changing. He's not, uh, uh, he's not ever changing. He's the same God yesterday and today and forevermore. He is a faithful God. If he was faithful to the first church in the book of Acts, he'll be faithful to the abundant life center church here in 2019. And he'll be faithful to us, to all generations. He is faithful in his covenants. He's faithful in his promises. The God that we serve is, when he makes you a promise, Corday, he'll keep his promise. Your pastor will make you promises and I'll probably break them. I probably have. For that, I apologize. But when God makes you a promise, he keeps those promises. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 9. Know therefore that the Lord, thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. If he makes you a promise that upon you and upon your seed, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to prosper you and I'm going to curse them that curse you. I'm going to bless them that bless you. His promise lasts a thousand generations. Amen. You can't even begin to count how many kids and grandkids are affected by a faithful God's word to a person. Amen. Of faith that believes that God is able to sustain me. That God is able to see me through. You say prove that in the scriptures. Amen. God put his hand upon Abraham and upon Isaac and upon Jacob and upon Judah and Benjamin and all the twelve tribes and all to their descendants and down through the line. Amen. God has blessed Abraham's seed and God has multiplied them and God still has his hand upon the Hebrew, the Jewish people to this day. Because when God makes a promise, amen, he doesn't change his mind. He's a faithful God. And that is where we find ourselves today. This part is not in my notes, but where we find ourselves today is several years ago, some decades ago now, God made this man on the front row promise and his wife. That I'm going to send revival. I'm going to bring a harvest to this city. You think, well, it hasn't happened the way that we saw, that we think it should happen. But there is a word of God for this city and for this church. There is a word from heaven. And God is able, and I believe this with all of my heart, to take... Uh, the, the areas of weakness and make them areas of strength. God is able, Brother Nathan, by the power of the Holy Ghost, to establish Abundant Life Center as a powerful musical church. God is able to take amen, what, uh, what once was our weakest thing in the church. It was the music we didn't have, uh, but uh, one or two good musicians. Uh, and God is able to take that and will put it into his hands. And God is able to make us what he uh, has promised us. God is able to take a church of uh, seven or eight or ten or twenty people or thirty. 40, 50, 60 people. Uh, and God is able to multiply it. And God is able to, to bless it. Because when you begin to step into the flow of anointing, you begin to get into perfect alignment with the word of God. You realize that the promise upon what I'm doing because my God is faithful. If I'll do what I'm supposed to do, amen, there can be a harvest of souls. And because I recognize that God is a faithful God. If I will do my part. And I'll work to see the word of God fulfilled. There will be anointing and blessing upon my life. And upon our church. And upon what you do. And what you contribute to the church. The Bible tells us that when Noah and his family left the ark. This is not Brother Noah Hoff. 
He didn't build the ark. We tease him all the time. Maybe one day he should build an ark and people will come all over from all over the world to see it. Amen. Just need a word from the Lord, Brother Noah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I can guarantee there's going to be naysayers. If Brother Noah walks in the rain and says, God told me to build an ark. Really? <laughs> okay. All right. And it's the same thing when God spoke to Brother God spoke to Brother Noah. His family said, Oh, okay. Go back to bed. See if that's really the Lord. And Brother Noah says, Well, you're gonna help me build this, Sister Raina. Really? Yeah. Can you imagine the, the things that went through people's minds when, when Noah walks out and says, God spoke to me to build an ark? Where at? Right here, right here, right here. In the front yard. Just big old ark. All right. God said it's going to happen. God said there's going to be a flood. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to try and explain. I'm just going to tell you what the Lord said. So just like God spoke to Noah in the Old Testament, he built an ark to the saving of his house. As sure as the Lord spoke it, there was a flood that came. The fountains of the deep opened up. The heavens opened up and rain came. Water flooded the earth. And it was a flood. It was a deluge. It was a worldwide flood. It wasn't a regional flood. It wasn't a... Uh, it wasn't a, a North American flood. It was a worldwide flood. And if you study uh, the history of the earth, I think at this particular juncture was called the Pangaea. The earth was, all the land masses was connected. And there's a whole lot you could go into in that, but I'm not the expert in that. But there was a promise made to Noah that I'm going to flood the earth. And sure enough, it happened. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, after, after the fact that there was a flood, the Lord spoke to his servant Noah on that boat. He spoke to him and he said, uh, I'm going to put a rainbow in the clouds. Every time there's a cloud, you're going to see a rainbow there. And it is going to be a sign of my covenant to you that I will never flood the earth ever again. That rainbow that is in the sky, you can uh, put a water hose on your front lawn, you can see that rainbow in there. God put that rainbow there. That rainbow doesn't signify diversity. That rainbow doesn't signify inclusion or equity. The rainbow doesn't signify a particular uh, homosexual group. Uh, That rainbow doesn't signify free love. It doesn't signify those things. As the world can tell you what that rainbow in the cloud is a sign to all who see it of a promise that God made some thousands and thousands of years ago. And God's promise still rings true. And God is still faithfully fulfilling his promise to the world that I'll never flood the earth ever again. Every time you look up into the sky, Sister Sade, and you see a rainbow, you know that that's the word from the Lord, that God made a promise, and he will fulfill his promise. He's never going to flood the earth again. And when God makes a promise, he's faithful to fulfill his promise today. He's faithful to fulfill his promise today. So what if you're living in New Orleans, amen, and that big hurricane, that big storm hits your neighborhood and you see all of your world turned upside down and you're living underwater, amen, you just know that God said it's not going to all be covered. There's going to be a way of escape, amen, I can know and I can rest assuredly. There's a promise upon abundant life center. God made a promise. He made a promise. He made a promise. You could have been someone down the line from Abraham. 
You could have been, uh, you could have been, you could have been of the tribe of Simeon. You could have been of the of the tribe of Ephraim, of the tribe of Manasseh. And you may never have heard the voice of God in your life. You may have never heard it for yourself. But you can look back in the pages of time and say, Great Grandpa Abraham, Amen. One day God made him a promise that upon his seed I would bless them as the stars of the sky and as the sand of the seashore. Amen. And those that bless us, what he would bless, and those that curse us, he would curse. And in us shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so if you're even the great-grandchild of Simeon, who's the great-grandchild of Abraham, you could say there's a promise upon my life. God said he would bless me. God said he would keep me. I didn't ever hear the word of God directly for myself. It's okay, honey. There's still a word from heaven. Amen. God didn't speak to me that he would put a rainbow in the sky, but he spoke it to Noah thousands of years ago. And so I'm going to step out on a word of promise from the Lord. I'm going to step out on a word of promise from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Here's where you come in this morning. You may be in this church and think, well, God never spoke to me. God didn't speak to me. I didn't hear the voice of God directly in my life. But if God made your pastor and your bishop a promise, you can step out with a Bible study chart. You can step out with some door hangers. You can step out and you can begin to knock some doors and evangelize and be a witness. And you'll find that that promise that God put upon Bishop's life is now upon your life. And suddenly little Cordae finds himself being used of God to win his friends and family to school to the Lord. He didn't have a word from the Lord. But he begins to step into the umbrella of authority that God has put over this church. And so you say, well, can that really happen? Yes. Ask Noah's, ask anybody that came from Noah's line. That rainbow in the sky. That wasn't a promise to me, but God made it to me when I saw that rainbow. Last time it rained. To the, the son of Simeon. God didn't speak to me that he was going to bless me, that he was going to prosper me, but he did speak it to my my great-great-grandpa Abraham. So I've got a promise upon my life. There's a promise upon my life. How are you going to use that in your life? Are you going to let it sit there on the table? In a few moments, we're going to go behind that wall there's going to be some food spread. And if you're either fasting or foolish, you're, going to, you're not going to just sit there and look at the food on the table. If you do, Brother Paul is going to come right behind you and take your plate of food and help you eat it. Or I'll be right behind Brother Paul to help him do that. But no one's going to sit there with the food, that, the, the scrunches. I took a peek at those, those beans that Rainer made, and they look amazing. No one's going to sit there looking at that plate of rice and beans and, and homemade uh, tacos and just sit there and look at it. Yeah. Wow, that looks pretty. Well, thank you. I'm going to be on my way now. You're going to say, I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity. That is there for me. That's there for the taking. God put a promise upon this church that I'm going to bless this church. I'm going to give it great revival. And there's a building for this church. This is not the final destination. And what that tells me is eventually this building, this room is not going to be big enough. So that's food on the table for somebody here this morning. That's food on the table. And you've got to just pick that word up and say, well, my God, amen, I'm going to help the see, amen, the kingdom of God expanded in my world and in this city. I'm grabbing a hold of that plate of food that's
going to do my part to see the kingdom of God expanded, the promise of God realized in my world. I'm going to see it happen. Brittany, there's a promise upon your life. Victoria, there's a promise upon your life. God has put his hand upon this church. And you begin to get connected as God wants you to. And you begin to show up to church. And you begin to build relationships and get some phone numbers and and create some friendships and get connected and get involved and get in perfect alignment with what God wants to do upon your life. There is still yet more that God can do through your life. Amen. We've got to each one of us, and I still believe this in my heart of hearts today, that my best days are yet in front of me. I don't look back at 2019, 2018, see that was was the best it's ever going to get in my life. Amen. But I look at 2020 and I believe with all of my heart that it's going to be a year of destiny, a year of promise, my best year as God begins to work through me, as God begins to move in my life. God is faithful with his covenants. He makes a promise. And he keeps his promises. He's faithful. When you consider the promise that God made to Noah, it was quite a commitment. I will never flood the earth again. Never. Noah probably looked at the Lord and said, well, there may come a time when you might want to change your mind. No, God said, I'll never flood the earth again. There has been floods, but none that has flooded the earth, the entire earth. Time has shown us that God has been faithful in this covenant. God is faithful in salvation. We're taking a little bit longer this morning. God is faithful in salvation. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 34 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. I still believe what my father preached years ago. That God is no respecter of persons. I still believe that there could walk in the front door a homeless man, an alcoholic, a drug addict, a prostitute, a pimp, somebody that has a horrible life. And God could save them in an altar next to the judge, next to the attorney. Next to the congressman, God can do that. He's no respecter of persons, such a Felicia. And personally, I would love to see that one day in an apostolic altar like this one. A homeless man next to a congressman as they both repent of their sins and God fills them with the Holy Ghost and they get baptized in Jesus' name. This church should be a church for all peoples. It is my vision that this church would never, ever, ever, ever be a white church or a Mexican church or a black church. But that this church would be an apostolic church. And in an apostolic church, there's the Asian and there's the African American and there's the Native American, and there's a a Hispanic, and there's a Middle Eastern, and there's a a European, and all together, they lift up one voice and say, God, of the truth, there's no respect or person with me, God. I believe that in a body life center, there could be the richest of rich, and the poorest of poor, amen, from every skin color, from every every tongue, every, every language, every walk of life, only in an apostolic church can you see the faithless of God exemplified over and over and over again. There's no 
the inner recesses of your heart this morning. And this gospel according to Revelation is still for whosoever will let him come. Whosoever will let him come. Whosoever will let him come. God is faithful. He is faithful. He's faithful. I'm thankful for the Hispanics here this morning. The white people, African American people. But you know what we need? We need some Asians in this place. We need some Indians in this place. We need some Native Americans. We need some people from uh, Europe in this place. We need a, we need to have a church that just has the, the makeup of all the nations of the world yes. worshiping together in one body. Yes. We need more of what God has in store for us. Second Peter chapter three verse number nine: The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. This is Second Peter chapter three verse nine. But is long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all say that word with me that all one more time that all should come to repentance. Amen. That all should come to repentance. That all should come to repentance. Amen. The word of the Lord is still repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But it starts with genuine repentance. God Forgive me. I'm turning from my wicked ways. I'm repenting of my sins. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That all should come to repentance. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, for your presence. I pray, God, that the word of the Lord would reverberate in our hearts and our minds. I pray, God, that you would give us renew in our hearts this morning a burden for the lost. Oh, God, give us a burden for the lost. Give us a burden. God, I pray that you would disturb us, Lord. God, I pray let there not be peace in our walk with God, but let there be anguish in our walk with God. God, let there be anguish in our prayers. God, call us to dust and ashes, God. Would you call us, God, to a place of consecration? God, don't let us live idly, drive idly by while the world goes to hell. Convict me. Convict us, God. Convict us, Father. God, convict us. Turn us around. God, would you call somebody to a homeless ministry in this place? Would you call somebody to a homeless ministry? Would you call somebody to a prison ministry, Lord? Would you cause us to reach into the depths of our society, Lord? 
would you call us? Oh, would you raise up people, God, in our church to reach God the affluent? God, would you allow us in 2020, God, to reach the medical doctors, to reach the attorneys and the judges? Would you cause this law? Would you cause somebody to reach the business owner? Would you cause somebody to reach the warehouseman? Would you cause somebody to reach the plumber, the electrician? God, I pray, Lord, that just as you're faithful in salvation, help us to be faithful in reaching out to our world. Would you call somebody to a Bible study ministry, God? Would you call somebody to an evangelism ministry, God? I pray, God, in this next year, as it quickly approaches, God, you would speak, Lord, to uh, some young person to start a high school Bible ministry, God, to start a high school Bible club. I pray, God, you would open doors for us, God, to reach the teenagers, to reach the college kids. Let this church not be a siloed church. Let this church not exist on an island by itself. God, would you connect us, God? Would you connect us, Father? God, I pray you would allow us to start Bible studies in our lunchrooms, in our break rooms. Help us to start Bible studies at Starbucks. Help us, God, to start praying for people in the grocery stores. Open some prison doors for us to walk through in 2020, Lord. Call someone to a homeless ministry. Call someone, Lord, to go into the interior, God, of urban dwellings and reach a gangbanger, Lord, on his last breath. In the name of Jesus. Child of God, 
excuses and, and all the things that, that stop you and, and cause you to fall over and over again. I'm asking you, God, to begin some ministries. God, let them be burned in the hearts of this group of people here this morning. I pray, God, that you would burn in the heart of Brother Nathan. Lord, a burden for a ministry, God. Burn in the heart of Brother Paul, a burden. Burn in the heart of Sister Gina this morning, a burden. A burden, a burden, a burden, a burden. Call Sister D this morning. To greater consecration, to a burden to begin a ministry. God, equip us, enable us, empower us to go forward in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I need somebody to reach out to the Lord this morning. Come on, all across this 